Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, November the 15th. We are coming to you from the home studio for this special creep show episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today, I've got Curtis Stout. And we are on hiatus from our regular weekly episodes, but we're not going to abandon this whole podcast thing for the rest of this year altogether. We're going to do a new episode for you about every two weeks, and it's been about two weeks since Halloween. Um, which is when the series or the season, excuse me, season one finale of Creep Show aired. You've had a chance to watch them all. I've had a chance to watch them all. We're going to go episode by episode, vignette by vignette through the first season. Talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. We'll rank our favorites. We'll talk about what we hope to see in tw- in season two in twenty twenty, and we'll do all of that right after this. It's that most wonderful time of the year again. That's right, Geekmas is coming. Fanatics of the Fan presents Geekmas, Springfield's one-of-a-kind geek Christmas event on Saturday, December 7th at the Creamery Arts Center in downtown Springfield, Missouri. There'll be gaming, movies, cosplay, photo ops, panel programming, and vendors with just what you need to pick up a gift for that hard-to-shop-for geek in your life. That's Saturday, December 7th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. For more information, go to Facebook and search Geekmas 2019. All right, well, before we talk Creep Show, we've got one piece of business to wrap up first, which I'm sure you're happy about. <laughs> we, uh, we hope everyone had a chance to listen to our special Halloween episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. We had guests uh, David Dasmalchin, Sven Gulli, uh, and then we played a little game at the end. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back. You can listen to it anytime you can find them, uh, wherever you get the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in your podcast player of choice or at popgoestheculture.com. What we did at the end of that episode is we played a game that we called Trick or Treat. We had four pairs of players, and the idea was to put together the best bag of Halloween candy you could. You could either choose a treat for yourself. Or a trick for someone else. Or a trick to put in somebody else's bag. The idea being give them the shitty candy, which lowers what people (laughs) vote for. In theory, <laughs> let's see how it played out. <laughs> we asked you at the end of all that to vote for who had the best bag of Halloween candy, and here are the results. In fourth place <laughs> out of four, with absolutely zero votes, they didn't even vote for their own bag, uh, were Dusty and Cinnamon. Serves them right. That's right, goddammit. Uh, tied for second place with 11% of the vote each were the bags by Dustin and Dakota. And the bag by Kenny and Cooper, which means all alone in first place with 78% of the vote. <laughs> the overwhelming favorite, this is the one I voted for, uh, was the bag by Curtis and Brad. That bag had Reese's Cups, Good and Plenty, which was a trick, which is not a bad trick to get. No. There's some worse tricks there, out there. There, there are some worse tricks. Uh, Butterfinger, the Caramel Apple Pop, little green suckers, uh, uh, Kit Kats and dots, and again, dots. Dots are not a bad. They're trick not. To get it's either. not a bad trick. No. I don't know what people were thinking, what they were smoking, but heavy on the chocolate and peanut butter, which I think was a big plus. And then again, well, uh, as you're sitting here drinking your nasty looking chocolate <laughs> peanut butter milk, it's. I had to. I went to two different WalMarts to get God. this because one of them was out. It's you know it's because there's a run on it apparently they're they're, they can't phased, keep they're, it in stock. they're phasing it out they're bringing out the eggnog so you better get it while it's out there that's right so thanks to everyone who voted thanks to everyone who commented be watching our social media accounts on Twitter and Facebook for more pop quizzes during our holiday break from our regular weekly episodes you can find us online on social media by searching at PGTC podcast 
on Facebook and Twitter. That business taken care of. Let's get down to it. We're going to break down Creep Show Season 1, starting with Episode 1. We had two vignettes in Episode 1, as we do in every episode. The first, Gray Matter, and the second, House of the Head. Which one do you want to cover? I'll take House of the Head. Okay, so I'll start with Gray Matter. Gray Matter was the kickoff for the first season. Um, again, for those who don't know Creep Show, there were actually three films, only two that were worth watching. And then there was like a third <laughs> one, I want to say late 90s or early 2000s, that nobody it was like a nobody direct watched. video. Yeah. And then there was one that's not even named Creep Show. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the name of it. So. Yeah. So this was our first real introduction back into the world of Creep Show. Makes sense that you would start with Gray Matter. This was directed by Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead fame, KMB yep. effects group. Story originally, this is based on a short story by Stephen King. Um, this was, I thought, a fantastic way to get back into Creepshow because it featured not only Greg Nicotero and Stephen King, but you also had Adrian Barbeau from the first Creepshow. Creep Show. Tobin Bell was in there. This was a great segue back into the world of Creepshow, what you're getting. Again, these are all, it's like the Creepshow films in that it's structured as though it's like a comic book, like an old EC comic, horror comic from like you know, way back when, 30s and 40s. Um, and this first episode had a kind of that Stephen King timelessness to it, where yeah. it could have been set in the 50s, maybe the 60s, maybe the early 70s. It's hard to tell. Maybe somebody that knows vehicles better than I do could look at the vehicles and tell you <laughs> when it was set, but I couldn't. It had that kind of set in that no time of Stephen King's, a lot of his uh, short stories. Um, but it was it was a good way back in. It was sufficiently uh, gory. Um, yeah. Even and then you know I'm not I, being a Stephen King fan. This is not one of his works that I'm super familiar with, but it certainly felt like a Stephen King short story. It kind of reminded me of the Creep Show segment that he was in with uh, Jordy. Yeah, I think out on the farm, so, on the farm when he's like a little, mutating a little a bit, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of that. Um, that said, I mean, I think we're going to find a, a familiar theme throughout all this. There's not a lot of originality. It kind of plays. To its audience, it plays to the yeah. tropes that you know that that you're expecting to see in an the, anthology. The cliche, cliches and yeah, but yeah. It, but not in a bad way. It's no. like comfort horror, if that's a, a phrase, or if not, then it is now. But it's that kind <laughs> of you know, it's you know, it's that getting back into oh yeah, this is what I like. This is what an anthology series feels like. Comfort horror. That's comfort. what I'm drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrified that you're drinking that right now, and I'm glad you're comfortable. Um, but Grey Matter, I thought, was a good episode to get us back into, or a good first vignette uh, to get us back into Creep Show. I'm glad they aired them in this order. If they aired House of the Head first, I don't know if it would have been as effective <laughs> to get you back in. So let's move into the second vignette in episode one, House of the Head. Okay, thoughts. so House of the Head, I think I liked this one more than you did. I think you did too. I, I don't know. I I watched the first four episodes with my brother, and I can... I don't know, when we're both together and we watch something, it's even if it's enjoyable. bad, it's more enjoyable. Yeah. It's just, it was silly. Like, this young girl, she discovers a strange toy head in her dollhouse <laughs> that every time she goes back there, the family of dolls that are in her house are being tormented, and she goes and buys, like, a, a policeman, a priest. Did she buy, like, an Indian shaman? I think yeah, an Indian point. shaman, and the head just kills all of them. <laughs> It was, I don't know. It was fun and silly. I mean, you know, I used to play with like little G.I. Joes. I don't know. Maybe it had like some kind of a, you know, a nostalgia, nostalgia factor. factor but I, I found, 
I found this episode kind of it was entertaining. It wasn't classic mm-hmm. creep show, but I I got what they were doing. They they you know they'll do like the classic creep show like the first right. episode and this episode it's like it's a little bit more modern a little, little more, more modern and yeah i mean it was enjoyable yeah i know i enjoyed it uh, <laughs> it was just i think part of the problem um you know it's hard to do children in horror effectively and because there wasn't a lot of terror in it and i think maybe if they had amped up the terror factor because this mm-hmm. little girl was just a little too cool <clears throat> a little too calm had a little too much like, of a game plan to she knew what she was doing it's like okay yeah. you know what i'm gonna buy an indian i'm gonna throw him in there and there's he'll little, yeah there's a little too much earnestness <laughs> and not enough terror and even when the twist happens which i guess we can spoil everything because i mean we're breaking it all down right. when the head comes out of the house and it's in the house her house under right the bed even then, I didn't get that sense of horror. You know, it's like she just she grabs it and puts it back in. It's like, no, I don't know. A kid seeing the head under their bed, I would think, would be a little. I don't know. I, I just I didn't feel the. It should have been more frightening. It should have been more frightening. I feel yeah. like yeah, from a kid's point of view. Right. I mean, if it was from an adult's point of view, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it didn't land with me like the, the first episode did, or the first vignette did. But that was episode one. Um, all in all, it was a good start. I think a good way to get us back into it. Episode two. Had a couple of vignettes. We had Bad Wolf Down was the first vignette, and The Finger <laughs> was the second. I was expecting, when I see the name The Finger, I'm thinking something worse than what we got. You know, like, a little more obscene than what we got. Like but, something up the duck pond or yeah, something? Yeah, you know. So which one do you want to hit? Do you want to take The Finger? You know, I'm going to take... You, or do you want to take Bad Wolf Down? I'm going to take The Finger because okay. as much as I was really looking forward to Bad Wolf Down with Rob Schraub and Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. I liked Bad Finger better. Yeah. I or The Finger. <laughs> the bad Finger would have been a finger. good one, too. That, the Finger. That would have been interesting. All right. So Bad Wolf Down, we go back to, again, we keep we have like a more traditional horror, and then we have a more modern story. Bad Wolf Down is a play on Black Hawk Down. It's uh, set in, I believe it was World War II. I couldn't remember yeah. if it was one or two, but yeah. I think it was two, looking about it, back about it now, um, which is fine because we've done kind of you know, werewolf soldier stories before. So again, we're not breaking new ground, um, but it was fun the way they did it. You thought originally as you're going through it that, oh, these guys are going to get slaughtered. And then, of course, it's creep show. You get a twist. Right. What I did like is it did capture the feeling of, you know, and creep show, the, the original films, very much wanted to capture that feeling of this is based off of like a comic book. It's a comic book feel to it and so what they did with the lighting the way they played with the silhouettes and the I way they did different did things. enjoy that um and this was not the only time but it certainly i felt like the first time in the season where it felt like okay yeah. they're going for that pop art that we're, we're going crazy with the colors the we're going crazy campiness. with the sound yeah even jeffrey combs like he was pretty great in what he, what little <laughs> bit he was given yeah yeah uh, but it felt like yeah they were like going tying it back to that okay remember this is based off of comics and that's kind of what they're going for i i enjoyed that aspect of it i think more so than i enjoyed the actual story it was fun um and then you get that creep show twist you know midway and then especially at the end when you know with these stories everybody kind of gets their their just desserts at the end of each vignette so uh, literally yeah in this case um so yeah it was it was fun i enjoyed it um but again it wasn't anything new and stellar but it was again that kind of that comfort like okay i've seen this before but i like the stylized way in which they did it Mm -hmm. um and then we had the finger the finger 
I wasn't sure what the hell <laughs> you're gonna get to, to what, what we were getting. I just saw DJ Qualls, who I right. haven't seen since. God, the, the new guy yeah, I was say, road the trip. Name of it? Yeah, <laughs> maybe he had a bit part in Breaking Bad. I don't remember. Did he? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think he was like a DEA or like a. I don't know. He, he, I remember him sitting on a bench. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But uh, so he is talking to the camera. Yeah. And the whole time, totally breaking the fourth, breaking wall. the fourth wall, telling the story about how he went out walking and he found just like a finger, a severed finger, and it's not a human finger. And he's typing on the computer later, and he knocks over his beer on it, and it, the beer is magic, I guess, and causes the <laughs> finger it, to grow. Is a beer all, all beer magic. <laughs> so he sticks it in the freezer, and the beer, or the beer, the finger <laughs> grows into this what looks like a xenomorph, but not zemo- xenomorph alien creature cuddlier than a xenomorph definitely cuddlier and kind of adorable (laughs) (laughs) kind of surprised we didn't have any sort of merchandise with that because i would think that a plush the finger alien creature whatever it is i'd get one yeah i think it would sell i I think it would and there's that scene where there's he's sitting on the couch eating the popcorn he's eating popcorn (laughs) and he's dj guals is getting away the tv and he's just like you know trying to see the tv (laughs) washes what was it soap operas or something yeah i think it was yeah (laughs) Uh, it was an interesting, interesting story and funny. I thought it was pretty funny, and it, I mean, it's not like I said, it's not a classic creep show. They go a different route, and I actually enjoyed this one. I, I liked it more than the what was it, the yeah, head, the, oh, the head, house of the head, house of the head yeah. episode. Where, you know, because they're both trying to do something different. I thought this one succeeded more. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So anytime if there's someone that's bugging him, I guess this creature would kill that person off screen and just bring back body parts. <laughs> and, and, and the, yeah, it is great because it's so, it's so, this does what House of the Head didn't do. This does not take itself seriously. No. He, the, the, yeah, the, the creature, the finger, brings back these body parts and he's like, I got, so he's like shoving them down the garbage disposal, yeah. trying to fi- put them in the blender, trying to figure out a way to get, get rid, rid of, of the evidence. Yeah. But he just keeps bringing them back. But then like it ends and you're kind of unsure if, did he make it all up? Did he make it all up? Was he actually killing these people? And I don't know. I really hope there was a creature. Well, I think when he's in the Institute, I think he hears the creature coming for him. Yeah. I, but again, it, is it really or is he making it up? Um, which is fun. I think that what it succeeded with is, it, it, you know, they went with the modern. This is the modern story. Yeah. Um, but it was having fun. It wasn't overly earnest. And it, and it certainly wasn't terrifying. No. <laughs> it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was the better of the two vignettes, I feel like, in that episode. Yeah. Episode three, <laughs> we had All Hallows Eve and The Man in the Suitcase. Which one do you want to take? Mm, you You pick. I'll take All Hallows Eve because I'm I, I'm not going to make you talk about something you didn't like. I'll just okay. let you interject when you don't like things. All right. Um, All Hallows Eve was again not an original story. Not I mean it was an original screenplay, but the trope you know it's Halloween and some youngsters were killed on Halloween and so they come back on Halloween to get their revenge with terrible um, acting. Yeah, the acting was not fantastic. Um, the story was what it was. It took, I felt like the part of the problem I had with the story is that it took too long for it to tell what it was trying to tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I think they were trying to go for a twist or go for a surprise or go for a, you know, stick with us because you're going to find out. But it, I, it was hard to get invested. I mean, you kind of figured out what was going on pretty early on. 
but they didn't officially tell you until later. And so, yeah, I, it, it again, it did it, not. It was not. I don't know. It, it, it didn't pay for, off. For, very yeah, well. for a for a group of ghosts or whatever undead who have returned to get their revenge. Most of them didn't seem like they were all that into it. <laughs> like at least three quarters of the characters were like, "Do we have to keep doing this?" You know, it's every like year? if someone's uncle got the job to direct and write an episode of Creepshow. It's like, well, I'm gonna get all my 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 kids and yeah, you know, their cousins and everyone in this, and we're gonna do a great job. And they're all just kind of like, "Oh, Uncle Ralph's making something." But even the story, but even the story beats were kind of like. Ho hum, we don't care. And then, like, there was trying to go for this emotional payoff at the end, and it didn't land because you weren't really invested in these kids and their no. quest mission, whatever it was supposed to be. It's like it, it like it's like it tried to be. It, it tried it, to be Disney friendly while not. Yeah, and again, trying to take itself too seriously, trying to be really earnest, and it just did not land. It left as bad, well as some of the others did. Bad taste in my mouth. So All Hallows' Eve, uh, not the best episode, or not the best vignette, but episode three <laughs> had the man in the suitcase, which again, if All Hallows' Eve is kind of that timeless, you know, it was set in the 70s, 80s, 90s, when was this, kind of had that feel to it, the man in the suitcase would be your more modern interpretation of a horror story. Yeah. And I'll let you take this one. I mean... What's what's there to say about this one? I it's a I mean, it's a genie in a bottle. Story. It's a genie in a bottle, but it's a genie in a suitcase. And every time you try to get him out or cause him pain in some sort, he shoots gold out of his mouth. Yeah, and so people just beat the living beat the shit. Sh- living shit out of him, and he spits gold out at him. Uh, this guy, I guess he gets a his suitcase suitcase mixed up at the airport. Yes, and so he takes it home, and <clears throat> that's when he discovers the genie. And he tells a friend, and then the friend gets all greedy. And, uh, and at the his same, girlfriend as well. Yeah. The girlfriend gets greedy, but the girlfriend and his friend are banging. Yep. And on a bed of gold. On a bed of gold. <laughs> as they're <laughs> shocking and beating the genie, who's got to be watching this whole thing going on. Right? He's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It's, it, was, it was entertaining. I mean, it, it wasn't my favorite of everything right. on here but i did enjoy it i liked it much better than all hallows eve i'm glad they played that one first because i would have hated to have ended right with that with one yeah. with a downer uh i mean i'm trying to remember because it it's been a few uh, weeks the he, twist the the girlfriend and the best friend end up trying to kill try, yeah trying to or they at least knock him out and they were going to run off with the genie yeah but somehow the genie gets out of the suitcase when that happens and then turns them puts in, them into, into the suitcase yeah and they, i guess they so do they do we see it or is it just implied that they now if you beat on them they spit gold i guess so and then like the the guy who found the suitcase initially he's in the hospital recuperating and he's got a letter from the genie, and I guess the genie's like totally cool that yeah. he went along with it for a few weeks. <laughs> it's okay that you beat the shit out of me because in the end you got hit in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It you had a, weird, but you had kind of a change of heart, I guess. Before sort of maybe, I guess you didn't <laughs> kill me. So yeah, didn't make a lot of sense. Don't think about it too long. No, I mean it was just it was fun, but it was fun. It had that again that kind of that. I don't ironic humor, I guess, kind of you know. Oh, there's a twist. Now you're stuck in the in the <laughs> in the suitcase. Episode four, we had the companion and Lydia Lane's better half. Uh, which of these two do you want to hit? Um, the better half. 
Okay, I'll take the companion. Then the companion was, again, nothing original, but it's that timeless story. Um, again, feels totally like it could have been set in the 50s, 60s, uh, maybe early 70s. You have a kid who his brother thumps on him. You know, the kid runs off. The brother chases. He, the kid ends up in a... My uh, phone, my watch is having trouble hearing me. I guess I'll speak up. Uh, the kid ends up on a, like a abandoned farm, you know, the keep out signs. He finds a scarecrow. There's a like a piece of wood. I don't think it was a cane. I think it was just a piece of wood. Just wood stuck in yeah, it? Yeah, like a wooden stake through the heart, basically. He pulls that out, just not thinking about what he's doing, runs into the house. In the house, he finds the old farmer who had the land, who had killed himself and left the suicide note saying and it's telling the suicide notes telling the story the guy's wife had died so he had built this scarecrow and the scarecrow came to life kept him company they were fine for a while but then the scarecrow became like kind of like cujo like a guard dog that uh killed a little girl girl came selling girl scout cookies or whatever and it killed the girl so the guy stabbed it through the heart didn't have the cookies he wanted no he's all (laughs) no thin mints it was all the uh shitty shortbreads um so he (laughs) he kills the scarecrow he then he kills himself because he can't live with it and and the kid having pulled the stake out of the scarecrow's heart brought it back to life brought it back to life he fights the scarecrow he stabs it again but then when he returns home, somehow now he's controlling the scarecrow and he yeah. uses it to kill his brother. We don't see how... That's what uh, I was confused on. It was his brother, not just a bully? No, I think it was his brother. Yeah. I think his brother was the bully. Yeah. Okay. All and right. his buddy was the one that gave him like the candy and was like, oh, man, your brother sucks. Yeah, That's okay. Fun. His friend with the foul mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. <laughs> um, so again, not not super original, but again, it had that kind of that timeless horror... Kid, you know, this is the way. If you're going to put kids, teenagers, in a horror story, this this was a much better use of a younger actors than either All uh, Hallows Eve, All Hallows Eve, or even I would say House of the Head as well. Yeah. So. Lydia Lane's better half. <laughs> so we're in a really nice, fancy building, mm-hmm. and a woman is standing up, and she's basically going to announce to the two people who is taking control of the or who's getting promoted yeah who's getting promoted who's getting promoted boss of something yeah. and the guy gets promoted he's excited he leaves the lady didn't get promoted apparently these two are lovers and she thought she was going to get the promotion because of that and well did she you get was the, wrong did you get the feeling that she was just trying to sleep her way to the top or did you get the feeling like they were actually lovers and then she got pissed because her lover didn't give her the promotion? I think it what might have been both. I okay. think she prob- they were I lovers. Sure. I wasn't sure how to read it because I was like, did they really have a relationship or was she just screwing her way up? I or? think maybe they were both using each other. Okay. Yeah, like, I can see that. The one was sleeping to get her way up and the other one was just sleeping to get her just Just desserts. to have somebody there, yeah. <laughs> but um, so during a confrontation uh the main boss lady accidentally kills the other girl mm-hmm. and then she tries to sneak the body out during out the a building <laughs> during a blackout there were earthquakes there were little rumbles yeah so they set the scene they gave us the Chekhov's gun you know we had the rumbles and then yeah trying to get the body out they end up in an elevator <laughs> that's right and then and then in the blackout and she she's in the elevator with his dead body and the dead body it just keeps Moving and 
being ha- creepy, being creepy, haunting her, and it, it, I don't know. I, I it was entertaining. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that chocolate peanut butter milk. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. Having <laughs> a little rich. I think I'm I'm done drinking that. Yeah. Um, and then it's, and then at the end it, she there's help on the way. There's help on the way, but, but she can't take another minute in the elevator. So she tries to get out, and then like you know the beginning of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it cuts Ele- her head off, right? Drops. Yeah, her head stuck in the elevator. Her body's out of the yeah. shaft. Yeah, I mean it was in a, definitely an entertaining episode. Just all the different stuff with the dead body climbing up on top of it and. Yeah, it just was fun. I yeah, I, I don't know. This it's one, this one's as... this one's right there with All Hallows Eve. They're like probably the two that I enjoyed the least. I would say. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, this I, one again, elevator horror. We've done that a few times, so it didn't yeah. really do anything new. It was interesting the way. I mean, I liked some of the creepy stuff they did, but it wasn't. I don't know. It just didn't grab me the way some of these others did. I, you know, watching it with my brother, we just were laughing the whole time. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it was pretty silly. <laughs> it was definitely silly. I don't know. It was entertaining for the most part, but I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, even when I was trying to like review it, I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, I've seen most of that before. Yeah, it, it happened, <laughs> and then it happened, and then it happened. Yeah. Episode five, we had The Night of the Paul and Times is Tough in Muskie Holler. Which of the two do you want to take? Night of the Paul. Take Night of the Paul. I really liked this episode. I did too. It was nice to see Bruce Davison. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him since. It's been a hot minute. Probably since X-Men, X-Men 2. <laughs> Whatever X. Was that one or two? I forget. Yeah. He was in both of them. Okay. I think. Well, there you go. I don't think he was in three. No. He might have been. Uh, anyway, so he. It opens with like this woman and she's driving and she crashes, but you find out that she's on the run from the police for something. But when she crashes, she like breaks her fingers. She's got a gash on her. Yeah. Like a, in, like a abdo- abdominal yeah. wound. Yeah. Some sort of bleeding out. So she gets out of the car and goes to this mortuary where this guy, I guess, has been waiting for her and she passes out and then she wakes up and... She's got, he, I guess, took the broken fingers off through yeah, surgery, sewed the, he her up, those off, yeah. and uh, she finds him just doing his normal stuff. <laughs> just taking care of bodies. <laughs> Take care of dead bodies. And then he, she holds him at gunpoint, but then he proceeds to tell her that, oh, I knew you were coming, and you're definitely going to be leaving in the morning, but I'll be dead. And then he tells her this fantastic story involving this little Paul. He's got like this weird little Paul. It doesn't have a pinky. Yeah, the monkey Paul. Well, yeah. I think, does it have one or is it it's like crooked it's, off to the side? I think yeah, it's yeah. cut off. Okay. Or Just like he cut off her pinky. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. And it, the, the Paul is closed like a fist. And I guess there is some kind of uh, curse or spell on it that it when the fingers are up, you have three wishes. But when they're all down and all three wishes come true, the person who made all the wishes dies. And I, well, I don't, I don't know. If that's they don't necessarily die. It's one of those things, and it's 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 the classic hand of glory, monkey paw tale, where the wishes come true, but not always in the way in the way that you think they are. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he tells a story about how his wife had had it, and she made these wishes, and then she wished for an eternal wealth, and then they were wealthy, and then she dies. So then. Yeah, he that, gets that the, was how they got the wealth. It was yeah. her life insurance. Exactly. Payout. Yeah. So the Paul opens back up and he starts making wishes and he made the wish that he wished that she would was alive again. 
but nothing. And then he find remembers like, oh, she's <laughs> in a coffin. <laughs> so he goes and digs her up, cuts her the mouth open because it was sewn shut, and then she starts attacking him. So he uh, just beats the shit out of her with a shovel and then wishes that she was back to that being dead. dead. Yeah. And then uh, he can't really live with himself anymore, so he wishes that a killer would kill him. And so that's where this woman shows up because she had just got done killing her husband or boyfriend or yeah, fiance, husband, something. There was a ring involved. Yeah, he was sick or yeah, he was terminally ill, and he asked her to put him out of his misery. So she killed him. Yeah, and that's why she was on the run. So she doesn't believe him, but long story short, the next day. She uh, goes to leave, and he's like, you got to kill me now. And she won't do it, so she throws the monkey paw in the fire. He goes to grab the monkey paw, and he just kind of like in he's burning a, alive. Like yeah. burning alive, but like a cheap version of Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a sketchy CGI version of Hereditary. Yeah. And uh, so she shoots him, and then the fire goes away, and he's like, thank you, and then he dies. And so the twist, she goes to leave, but for some reason she takes the monkey paw with her. Car, she can't after, find the yeah, keys. After going to throw it away or burn it up. Yeah, she yeah. takes it with her. She goes to find the keys, can't find the keys. And That's you wish one. You make the assumption that she wishes she could find the keys and they just fall from the visor. Yeah. And then it won't start. And then I guess she makes a wish that it would start. And then it so starts. That's two down. Yeah. She goes to visit her boyfriend, husband, guy. At the hospital morgue or whatever, yeah. Who wishes. She literally wishes to wake up. But everybody in the morgue wakes up, and then he kills her. Yep. That's how it ends. I mean, she, it was, she, Yeah, she, she didn't do the, I want you to be alive, and then have another one left to say, I'm yeah. sorry, I screwed up. Yeah. She burned them trying to get there. So, yeah, she didn't have what he had, which was a way out, I guess. There was a lot going on in this episode. It, there was a ton going on. In it, was, it wasn't just a simple, here's my story, and then cut to comic book. Right. Like, it showed him out at the grave site <laughs> in, like, Evil Dead fashion, taking out yeah, the... Yeah, and it had that classic, <laughs> like, the... They have the, the blue, the, the matte, yeah, the matte <laughs> painting as the background that was blue, and then it was like it's obvious they built a little hill for it, the mound at the center. Yeah. And there's one creepy tree. It's probably paper mache. Yeah. So yeah, it's again, it's playing with that. You know, this is like comic booky. This is pulp. This is, and it was a lot of fun. You know, she comes out and every, you know, the lights blue, and you get that weird <laughs> like close up in, and then you know, it's like ah, oh, it's, the, the it's part, the part where he like cuts her mouth open. Yeah. And then he kisses her with all the mag. It's on her yeah, mouth. I was like, yeah. oh, God, yeah. damn it, dude. Don't do that. <laughs> Wipe them away. Don't make out with a body. This if was, you're listening to this, do not make out with a dead body. <laughs> well, you, it, yeah, it's on you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I felt like this, yeah, this was one of the better vignettes. I felt like I felt like the whole episode was a lot of fun. Yeah. Moving into the next vignette, times is tough and musky holler. It was goofy as hell, but that was kind of why it was fun because it was so damn goofy. <laughs> Um, you had like this post-apocalyptic, post-zombie apocalypse scenario yeah. where the governor of some shitty small southern town made himself you know, governor. King, king of the, <laughs> yeah, king of the, the shit heap um, and to get rid of everyone who opposed uh, stood, him. Yeah, stood up against him or voiced against him. He he created like a game show apparently, and apparently it was broadcast. I don't know who it was broadcast to. I guess there are other survivors still out there, but it was a game show where underneath the high school football field, 
They would put people in chairs, chain them into chairs, raise them up so that their heads would come up through the bottom of the football field into like these hollowed out pie plates. And then they would release the zombies and the zombies would crawl out there or mm-hmm. slither or however they could them. perambulate to get out there and eat their heads. And they, it was like pie eating contest or whatever. Right. Um, and apparently this, this, this one ep- episode opens with the governor and his corrupt cops and the corrupt uh, religious. Yeah. You had the, the priest and all these people there now, somehow there's been a rebellion and now they're caught and we get, are told by these rebellion, the, the, the resistance that this is the last, pie eating competition they're going to do and it's to kill the folks that started this whole mess i guess the cops were you know raping and murdering people and mm-hmm. so uh, everybody's kill, got their own killing everyone killing yeah. a, one of the kids dad yeah who so was the sheriff who was the sheriff yeah so yeah they they're they're bad people you don't feel bad for them um and they, and you don't and they don't tip you to what exactly is going to happen until they raise them up and you see and it's set up like a bowling lane, like the triangle. <laughs> you know, you got one in the pin in the front and two heads behind that, and then three on the next row, and, or however it's set up. And it's just, it's just a lot of goofy, gory fun. David Arquette's in this one, um, which tells you everything you need to know <laughs> how goofy and silly and stupid it was. But it was, again, it's this is the episode that was just the most fun from start to finish. I yeah. feel like both vignettes were just it was fun. It was a lot of fun. The guy playing the governor got yeah. on my nerves, but I think that was intentional. That was point. Yeah, yeah, it was totally intentional. I was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Do you know who I? Am? <laughs> it's something M. Yeah, uh, I can't yeah, remember. It's been minutes since I saw it. But yeah. he repeated it a lot. <laughs> yes, he you'd did. think I'd remember. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then of course you know you get the commentary. You don't actually see every kill because that's a lot of work and the time in the chair. But you do Ooh. get the commentary of whoever's in the press box at the football field. You know, oh, there goes so and so, and you get you know the camera closing up on them at from like the zombie point of view. Then they're ah, screaming you know right in the camera, and then you hear crunching sounds and. It goes to the next one, and you do see one or two kills. Somebody yeah, gets their face I think you see uh, the 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 governor and David the Arquette, governor and David Arquette and David Arquette's wife. I think who it was. Yeah, the woman. Some, yeah, there's a woman. There's a, the the woman's name. Her character's name is Leslie Ann Dowd, oh. which is so strange because there is an actress named mm-hmm. Leslie Ann Dowd, but it's not her playing this character. Yeah, which would have been even funnier if it had been. <laughs> it would have been if it had been she'd been playing herself in this. I just remember hearing that name, like okay, that was. Way too. <laughs> There's uh, some meta commentary going on here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, episode five was a lot of fun. Maybe should have ended the season with that. Yeah, or st- I don't think started because we started off pretty well. But that, I think that would have been a fun one to go out on on episode five. Uh, but then we do have one more episode. Episode six, we had two vignettes: skin crawlers and by the silver water of Lake Champlain. I'm going to let you take skin crawlers because by the silver water, I've actually read the short story that that's based on recently. It came out earlier this fall um, in a collection by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. So you take skin crawlers. So I'm going to go ahead and start off by saying they changed the formula on this one. Yeah. They switched around the classic classic one and, and the modern one, which I don't think they should have done. I think they did that so that we could bookend on because we opened with Stephen King, Stephen King and, and then ending with Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Yeah. I, I think that's it. why they did that. I get that, but I wish they hadn't. But yeah. it's okay. It's fine. Uh, skin crawlers. I remember when I first started watching and I saw, oh, Dan Gold. I know him from, was it the, he wrote, he was a writer on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. He did the Stan versus Evil, which is kind of an interesting show if you've ever seen it. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. That's not on Shutter, is it? No. I, I mean, I know it was on IFC when it aired. I wish it was because I, I need to finish too. it. I'm 
couple the, seasons in. Yeah, yeah, it get kind of goofy in episode. They're in season three. But go yeah. ahead. Sorry. So I was watching it. I was kind of like, uh, I'm not sure what to think. I, I just like first few minutes was like, ah, shit. And then like a couple minutes go by. I'm like, ah, shit. And then, like, people's head starts exploding. Then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this just turned on a dime, didn't it? I mean, it was interesting. I, I remember just, like, laughing at the concept. Like, okay, we've, we're you're going to come in, and then in three days, you're going to be skinny. If you're fat, three days later, whew, yeah. they were showing, like, the promotional video. The woman's like, this is me, and then this is me three days later. And she was, like, huge, and then now she's, like, a fit model. Right. And so Dan Gould's there. His, and he's waiting in the lobby with a bunch of other people, and I guess they're waiting to have a procedure done to basically make them fit and skinny. But as you find out, it's these weird worms that this guy found. Or like, what are they? They're, yeah, there's some sort of... I mean, he compares parasites. them to yeah leeches that suck on fat instead of blood. Yeah. Yes, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep so, going. That basically what you do is you put this in your body and it just sucks all your fat and you're skinny and fit and you don't have to worry about what you eat. So Dan Gould doesn't want to do it, but there's this girl that he'd met there who was huge and then a few days later while he's sitting at by a food truck shoving his face full of food and I was shoving my face full of food when I was watching this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, this is the episode we can all relate to. Yeah, The woman shows up and she's all lean and fit and convinces him to finally do it but he's going to do it live on a news broadcast so like he shows good up good morning america kind of thing or something. Yeah, yeah i like, think they put a fat suit on him if i'm if i remember i you know i don't know i know he's not a fit guy by any means but and he wasn't super huge i mean no. clearly you could tell some of the others had fat suits on i think i, I think know. from the beginning of the episode to him being on the news station mm-hmm. i think they made him bigger did they okay. because it just he looked bigger than what he had before or maybe okay. it was just what he was wearing i don't know yeah because he was dressed kind of loose and baggy sloppy kind of yeah so um so they're on this news program and then the guy who is the creator of, or the founder of this program is going to show them how they how the process works. Well, they cut their, before they do that, they cut to a guy out into the field and he's talking about the solar eclipse that's about to happen. And then he mentions keep an eye on your pets because the magnetic waves will make them go crazy or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> okay, we'll okay. go along with you for the episode. We'll go with but, it. Yeah. So Your science may not be sound, but it's fun. So right before they're about to, you know, do the procedure on them, everyone who's had the procedure done starts having stomach problems, and then they start freaking out, and they cut back to the guy with the solar eclipse, and like his head just explodes, and then everyone else is like freaking out, and they're like blood and gore coming out of their eyes and shit, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the worms, the leeches, whatever they were. Apparently had left eggs in them, and I guess the something with the solar eclipse caused the eggs to hatch, hatch and explode and then just out, go blowing out of people. And yeah, it it kind of it was a little. I mean, again, nothing original, <laughs> but because it, it, it was a little bit alien, it was a little bit a little bit of uh, different things we've seen before. But uh, the way they did it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, Dan Gould's like really pissed off, and he goes after the the main, the main guy, guy. Yeah. and. 
the guy's like, I don't remember what he said, but then like he ends up like exploding. But then like this gigantic fucking creature just comes out. And yeah, which I didn't understand. I didn't it understand not that. like any other creature we'd no. seen to that point. But. I guess because he was, you know, patient zero. That's where. I guess. So it attacks Dan Gould, but then he throws uh, a vending machine yeah, it on it. Yeah, tips a vending machine over <laughs> on it. <laughs> and crushes it. And then, and then grabs one of the candy grabs bars. candy bar and just bites into it as he looks into the camera and that's the end of the episode I, yeah that i honestly think they should have ended with that that, that would was have been, fun yeah. that would have been a good ending it would have been um but <laughs> what they did end with was by the silver water of lake champlain and this the short story um was considerably different they had when they adapted this one uh, for the series the television series they took a lot of liberties and changed up quite a bit of it the short story was a lot more mysterious i think the, it felt like and i don't know that they ever mentioned the children's ages in the story but it felt like the kids were younger there's so when they adapted this for the screen um it was all built on theme uh they they really went all in with this theme of this girl's dad was searching for champy the monster in lake champlain i don't know that I, I i'm pretty sure that wasn't what happened in the short story i think the her, both her parents are still alive um but they you know he disappears looking for this creature because he saw it once and nobody believed him and so he spent all of his money and all of his time to find it again so that and according to her, the daughter the reason he did all this wasn't for so the whole town would believe him but so his wife and kids would believe him and his daughter believes but nobody else does mm-hmm. because you know nobody there is no Loch Ness monster in Lake Champlain um and there's a guy who you know there's a boy who lives in another uh, I don't know, hut or house on the lake Rambo yeah he he's he's just a teenage dumb young dumb full of cum <laughs> and so there's a step not even a stepdad. There's a boyfriend involved, and he's, he's abusive, an asshole. Yeah, he's like a. I, I kept picturing Keanu Reeves when he wasn't on screen, just because of his hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a guy, and I think, and again, this is kind of that timeless story. I believe he's supposed to be like a war veteran, like a Vietnam vet. Yeah, whether it was Vietnam or not, it's kind of that same line of thinking where you know. I think it was Vietnam. I think it might have been because I think he mentioned killing. Yeah, yeah. I so think because if I remember correctly, that's why he was telling Rambo <laughs> that, and the story itself took place in '84. I do remember that. Okay, I, I didn't remember that detail. I saw it on something. Um, so he tells the the teenage boy, "Stay away. I'm there's only one." rooster in this hen house or whatever so there's only one cock in here yeah something like that anyhow <laughs> so yeah the girl goes out and uh they find a washed up Loch Ness monster champy the monster in lake champlain and so this is her like hey you know my dad was right and he's gonna get his vindication and we found it we're going to be famous mm-hmm. uh the boyfriend hears commotion he goes down and he does the typical dick boyfriend move. This is mine. This is going to pay my bills. I'm going to be famous. You know, your dad's dead. I don't care about him. I don't really care about you and your mom and the others, you know, whatever. Um, and then come to find out that that was just the baby that washed up on shore. Uh, Mama monster eats the boyfriend, um, drags the baby back into the water. So there's no evidence that there was ever anything found. Except for like the three four pictures that she took. But didn't he like take the pictures and throw them in the water or something? But, I thought he had one, but I could be wrong. I think there were a couple, but they didn't get like, cause the boyfriend, like the boyfriend, the Rambo, the teen like carves his, the girl and her dad's name on the side of the dead monster, which is really kind of weird anyway. But, right. Um, so there might be a picture, but that doesn't, uh, that wouldn't show much, but yeah, either way there's, 
There's not a lot. There's not. Ev- there's not real evidence at the end. But the mom does come down and she sees it going back into the water or something. So the mom believes and the daughter believes, and that's really all that matters. And um, you know, like I said, they're leaning heavy into tying the dead dad and the lake monster together. So it was kind of like when the monster's eating the boyfriend, the abusive boyfriend is like somehow dad getting the revenge in a way. Like it's all very thematic, very atmospheric, um, very different than the short story. And yeah, I think if that had been the first vignette of episode six and we'd ended with skin crawlers, it would have been like a, like you would have walked away from it. Like, yeah, all right, let's get on to season two, which I'm looking forward to season two anyhow. But it's definitely a different vibe yeah. if, if they hadn't switched. And, and to your point, that's the first time they've really switched the here's this kind of timeless tale and here's a more modern interpretation of a you know of an anthology horror story. So yeah, it's right. I think they, if they had kept that, it would have been a stronger ending yeah. for season one. Would have been. So those were the 12 vignettes. Now we have the, the hard part. 12 vignettes. Let's rank them from worst to first what do you feel like and we're gonna have to agree on these so let's rank them worst to first all 12 of the vignettes what do you feel like let's start at the bottom what was the worst uh all hallows eve yeah so i'm gonna agree with you on that we'll go all hallows eve at number 12 number 11 where do you go number 11 i would say maybe this one or or this one which one do you feel like probably the and I'm saying that for those who can't see this, obviously. We're, Let's we're go with Lydia. I'm, All right. I'm okay with that. So we're going to go at number 11, Lydia Lane's Better Half. I mean, I liked it, but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the strongest outing. So do you want to go here for a number? House of the Head would be next. Yeah. House of the Head at number 10. So there's the bottom quarter, bottom three. Um, Where do you go next? I would probably do... I'm thinking, okay, well, Silver Lake. I was gonna say, let's do, let's look at the next three because well, let's, let's kind of take it in quarters. Okay. I, I'm, I feel certain that this is the bottom quarter. The three that we put at the bottom are probably in the bottom 25%, the bottom quarter of this. Which three would you come next? I would say by the Silver, silver Lake. Water, yeah. Silver, yeah. By the Silver Waters of Lake Champlain's in that next quarter. What else is in that next quarter? Do you feel like? This, uh, this man in a suitcase man no a, bad wolf down i mean what do you think between I, those two between what? bad wolf down and man in the suitcase i would say the yeah that next third boy that i don't even know that we can do like this quarter let's just pick <laughs> so let's take the middle okay so we pick the bottom third or okay. the bottom quarter excuse me those bottom three are these are clearly the bottom three i i don't feel i feel like the next six that middle half Mm -hmm. are kind of interchangeable and we put by the silver water of lake champlain in there so i think let's find the other five that go in this middle section okay so the next five where do you feel like are that i feel like uh it would probably be bad wolf bad wolf down okay let's put that in that next five and again these are not ranked necessarily one through Man in the suitcase. I would put that in the next group. So that leaves us with that gives us three. We got three more to go. Uh, Maybe this one. Yeah. So we'll put times is tough and musky holler in that middle third. It gives us two more to find in that middle third. I would say maybe that one. The champion. The camp companion. Companion. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fine. So let's put the companion there. Let's find two more. Mm, uh, 
the companion. We've got those in there. We've got those both in there. Both. Of them. Do you think I th- maybe maybe gray maybe matter. gray matter? Okay, right. let's let's slot it there, and then we can move these if we need to. Okay. So gray matter is in that middle section, and then let's find one more. What's left? We have skin crawlers left. Night of the paw is left. And finger, the finger is left. That's it. Three. Is that it? There should be. Yeah, that's three. So um, then, so we did the middle section. So yeah, so the top three, top three are going to be skin, skin crawlers, knight of the paw, and uh, the, the finger. finger. So how do you rank those? Uh, I'm not. Can we rank those top one, two, three? How do we? How would you? Which one would you, would you put? Knight of the paw number one, or would you put the finger or skin crawlers? See, it's a it's tough, but it's between the the finger and knight of the paw for the top two slots. So let's put me. skin crawlers at number three then, because I think. I think we can do that and both agree on that. So so we've got Knight of the Paw and we've got the Finger. Yeah. I would put Finger 2, Knight of the Paw 1. I, th- I feel like Knight of the Paw... Knight of the Paw was the classic. It was classic and it had, like like you said, it had a lot going on. And, you know, some of those other, like, you know, I'm thinking of the, what was the creep show uh, segment where the there was the creature in the, the box... Right, and there was like just in a, a in a crate, in a crate. Yeah. yeah, the crate, and there was just so much going on with that one. Yeah, different layers going on, and the guy's like hallucinating, killing his, his wife, wife. <laughs> which is Adrian Barbeau, who was in uh, Gray Matter. So yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of you know classic creep show. So uh, yeah, I'm okay with Night at the Paul being number one. So here's how we ranked them: we ranked the bottom quarter, the bottom three vignettes were All Hallows Eve, Lydia Lane's Better Half, and House of the Dead, and then. Head. House of the Head, excuse me, which was <laughs> dead. And it turned up being House of the Dead as well. Uh, the middle section, the, the half in the middle, the six vignettes, By the Silver Water of Lake Champlain, Bad Wolf Down, The Man in the Suitcase, Time is, is Tough in Musky Holler, The Companion, and Gray Matter. And then our top three, at number three, we have Skin Crawlers, number two, The Finger, and number one, Night of the Paw. Does that feel right to you? Yeah, I'm okay right with that. Me. All right. That's how we ranked them. We want to know what you thought as well before we ask for your opinions. We do know Creep Show has been renewed for season two. Back at the end of October, it was renewed. It was announced by Shudder. What do you want more of, less of? What would you like to see continued? Maybe something included that wasn't? What would you like to see changed? If you had total control of Creep Show season two, what would you do the same? What would you do different? I would. Okay, so the bookends that right. they have with the the creep show creature, yeah, the what's his name? What do they call I think him? Just the creep, the, the, or creep. the creep, or the creeper. Yeah, uh, they. I mean, I like him. I like it that it's animatronic. I feel yeah. like they should make him more of a character, right. not not go full on tales right. from the crypt. Right, right. But I know in like Creep Show Two, they had the creeper, and he it was Tom Savini playing him. Yeah, maybe homage that a little bit for season two where he's like okay maybe he's just like a human in a mask but i mean i like the animatronic but you know make him more of a character to that point i would say stick with it because they i don't know it's it's yeah it's animatronic but they didn't really do much with him but it, yeah it was just pretty stiff you know it the eyes blinked and the mouth moved when it would laugh but it was pretty stiff and you know and it, this is again going back to the originals but like you know, you have the animatronic and you have animated, like hand-drawn traditional two D animation, and it didn't feel like it always flowed real well together. It yeah. felt like maybe you stick with one or the other, or if you're gonna, you know, do one strongly and then transition into the animation. I understand why they do both, and I like the animation in the credits sequence, yeah. with the theme music. 
Not saying get rid of that, but yeah, that the op- the the book ending, the opening and closing, it felt a little, a little like it was a puppet on a sound stage as opposed to any sort of real. Yeah, right, I agree with that. That and I don't know, maybe weed out some of the. You know, take note of what some of the weaker episodes were and don't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only thing I would add, and this is not, you know, this, this is hard to pull off. So I don't know that this is like a, Hey, you definitely want to do this, but you know, I, there were some of these reminded me and part of it's because it's that time of year and we're all watching the same stuff in October, all the same movies and stuff. There were moments like All Hallows' Eve, which we both agree was the worst of the vignettes or the weakest of the vignettes. It Mm. wasn't bad, but it was the weakest. It felt like one of the vignettes from Trick or Treat, the one where the bus goes off into the the quarry and they come back on Halloween. I I do remember thinking that too, yeah. But one of the things that worked well for that movie, and this is not something that Creepshow has done, so it may be hard to do this, especially when you have things that are out of time and things that are modern and stuff. But if there was a way to tie together the vignettes throughout the season... Um, whether it's, you know, hey, this is all taking place in the same weird-ass town. So yeah. you see a sign for what happened in the vignette in episode one. You see a sign for that in episode two's yeah. vignette or something. Some way to kind of make it feel more cohesive. I know that's not what Creepshow is. Creepshow is like, it's like a comic book. And here's one story in the comic book, and here's a totally different story in the comic book. But in, like, for example, in Grey Matter, it felt like, I, and without going back recently and watching it, because this is the first vignette of the first episode, and we're all just excited to see it, I believe there were quite a few Stephen King Easter eggs in that oh, episode, yeah. if I there remember were. right. Yeah. So again, if you could reference, not necessarily those, but if you can reference that, yeah, and you never have to name it, but if Grey Matter is set in the, let's say, the 50s, 60s, and let's say the Companion is set in 50s, 60s, there's no reason why they couldn't be in the same general location. Right. One could reference the storm that happened in Grey Matter could be referenced in the Companion, or the or the, both, the or beer that DJ Qualls drinks could be, could the, be the same, same brand beer in each, yeah, yeah. In each vignette or something like that. And I think it was Grey Matter that beer and the finger. I think it was the was same. It the same? Beer. I was yeah. trying to figure it out, but I, I didn't go back it, and rewatch. I think beer it matter. was, but I, again, it's been you know that was the very first you know first episode, second episode. I think it was, but I don't. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was. Yeah. But yeah, if you can find little ways to tie in to make it where... Kind of like uh, even Grindhouse. I went back and rewatched that. It's yeah. the two, like Planet Terror and Death Proof. They yeah. have a couple of the same characters. Even in the when you watch it in a theater, there's a scene where Fergie's in her car and you hear on the radio, to, dedicated to our own Jungle Julia and loving memory. Yeah. Jungle Julia is a character in Death Proof later. Right. And, you yeah, know, it just like... It ties them together. It ties them it makes all it feel in. Like it, it makes it feel like if you're paying attention, you get a little extra reward, even though there's nothing. It's just a throwaway line. Mm. But yeah, if you know, if the story, you know, the lady that crashes the car in uh, Night of the Paw, if that could be during the same storm that you know that happened in Gray Matter or something, you know, right. like, dif- find different ways to tie these together. And they don't all have to tie together, and they don't all have to line up perfectly. But just those little nods between the vignettes, and you know, it doesn't have to be. The first vignette definitely leads into the second vignette in the same episode. You can just be all like, all over but the if, place, but yeah, they're be all, all in the shared universe. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be cool, but it's not 
it's not necessarily creep show. It's not like creep show has said we've done this before. Mm-hmm. But if you could find a way to do those little things where you could tie him in, or you know, the same if you have the same actor playing the same background character in every episode, he's <laughs> hey, he's at the diner and now he's over here and. It's like a, and, and then you get the conspiracy theories of like, is he the devil? Is, is it the he, devil? Is, is he, he, a, he the creep? Is he is the he a watcher? Yeah, <laughs> is he is he the creep? You know, or something the observer? Like that. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, it'd be fun. I don't know. There's a lot that you could do. Um, that is going to wrap up our creep show episode. Coming up, we are going to be releasing our knives out review on Thanksgiving Day. I imagine if it looks like it's a uh, film about dysfunctional families and secrets. Yeah. Might be a good day to release that on Thanksgiving when you're stuck with your <laughs> own dysfunctional families around and the Thanksgiving dinner. What day will we be seeing that again? It's uh, the 20th. That's an early, yeah, it's the, or it's the weekend before Thanksgiving. So we're going to see that on Friday the 22nd. We'll be among okay. the first uh, audiences to see that. We'll record our thoughts and that'll be out on Thanksgiving Day. We're going to be out at Geekmas on Saturday, December 7th. That is uh, at the Creamery Art Center in downtown Springfield, Missouri, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. You can join us live. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff happening. You can enter to win a 3D printer. Um, there's going to be cosplay, cosplay contests, yeah. uh, tabletop gaming, panels, all kinds of stuff, movies, uh, vendors. You can buy whatever you're looking for. If you've got somebody that's kind of a geek or a nerd on your list and you're not sure what to get them, Come on down. Come on down. There's going to be tons of vendors. There's going to be a lot to do. Bring the kids. Absolutely. Mickey Mouse will be there. Yes, a licensed Mickey Mouse. Official Mickey Mouse Club. Mouseketeer or whatever. Mouseketeer. There we go. We'll be there uh, taking photos with the family, with the kids. I was going to say with the kids, but I guess you could get one too. I mean, if you wanted to, if you're still a fan of Mickey Mouse. Absolutely. And there are adults that are. Um, We're going to (laughs) do something fun. We're going to do a... uh, before towards the end of the day, before the cosplay contest, because that's the last event of the day, uh, we're going to do what we're calling affectionately calling a podcast jam. We're getting some local uh, podcasters, YouTubers together. We're going to come together and do one big uh, kind of a party, kind of a blowout thing at the end of the day. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there'll be opportunities to ask questions. So if you've ever considered a podcast or YouTube channel or stuff like that, or how to get things going. There'll be opportunities uh, to do a little Q and a during that as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun door prize, 3d printer. Yeah. 3d printer. I mean, who doesn't want a 3d printer? I have no idea how the hell to use one, but I would like, to <laughs> but if you had printer. one, you would figure it out. Right? I would totally figure it out. I would not go to work. Cost to get in is only $5 <laughs> per person, $3. If you're, if you're in, cosplay, in costume. So come in costume. Don't absolutely. come in and then change in the bathroom. Like yeah, because you won't get your $2 back. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, and ugly sweaters. I think we're going to do some sort yeah. of ugly sweater scavenger it. hunt kind of thing. Ugly sweater scavenger hunt. I've ordered mine. Hopefully it'll, it'll be, here. be here. I ordered it a week ago. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see what happens. So if you, for some reason you can't make it out, we will be posting the audio from that podcast jam uh, sometime mid-December. And then towards the end of the month, we're going to do our uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker review. That will be released on Christmas Day. So a couple of holiday releases, a couple of releases kind of in between there. You know, like I said, we're, we're not doing the weekly regular gig right now. we got a lot going on. Just about every one of us does. Plus, it's the holidays. You throw that on top of it. It's, it's a right. busy time of year. So we'll do a couple shows between now and the end of the year, about two weeks apart. And then uh, going back into January... We're back at it. Regular weekly shows. Uh, we're going to change up a couple of things in the format, but it's going to be what you're used to hearing. It's going to be a lot of fun. So be sure to subscribe to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast on your podcast player of choice to know when those new episodes are available. If you've enjoyed this or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, just take a minute and leave us a review in your preferred podcast player. It doesn't cost anything. 
And it really is one of the best ways to show your support for anyone who creates any kind of art and entertainment that you enjoy, whether it's podcasts, YouTube videos, leave comments on YouTube videos, books. If you are reading an author and you like their stuff, go on Amazon, go on Goodreads, wherever, leave a comment, uh, comics, movies, games, whatever it is you're into, leave a review, let the people who are making this stuff uh, know that you enjoy it because sometimes when you're making stuff in a vacuum, you kind of hope people enjoy it. And if you don't hear anything, you don't yeah. know whether to assume they did or assume they didn't. So let us know what you think and let us know what you thought of Creep Show. What did we get the rankings right? What were your favorite vignettes, your favorite episodes? What do you want to see more of in season two? What were we right on? What were we wrong yeah, about? If, if for know? some reason you thought All Hell is Eve was just the cat's ass, let us know that we were wrong. <laughs> 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 Tell us we're wrong. We'll we'll listen. Uh, you can post a message to our wall or tag us on Twitter or Facebook. Just search for at PGTC Podcast. It stands for Pop Goes the Culture. At PGTC Podcast. Links to our social media and more at popgoestheculture.com. That's going to wrap it up for this creep show edition of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. I've been Joey Mills. Curtis Stout. We will catch you on Thanksgiving Day for our Knives Out review. We'll see you then. Stay creepy. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.